This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, I think it will. You know, it's been, I think it's been a meeting today, hasn't there, about you know, them going back to training Premier League. Um, so yeah, I think you know if you can get through the next week or so, so no scares and no no more sort of people getting this virus. Um, I think they will go ahead behind closed doors like the Bundesliga just this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was good to see actually. That uh, you know there is some football live on the TV. Yeah, mm. well, everyone's everyone's missing it, aren't they? You know, it's mm. um, everyone being in lockdown in these strange times. Everyone. Most people live for football, don't we? We live for it. So, yeah. you know, to not to not to not have have any football available, and it's been a strange strange few months. But you know, hopefully, we're on the downward slide now, and we can we can get back to some sort of normality. And obviously, football being the first thing on the agenda. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we work in the pub industry, we're we're going to be last back into work. So. Uh, not good, not good. But anyway, um, welcome to everybody that's joined in with us tonight. Thanks ever so much for keeping the Talk Talk show running. We do it for you. And uh, you were with us from 97 to 2004, Brian. And some great, great times back then, man. Some heartbreaks and some absolute, you know, quality moments as well. Yeah, it certainly was. You know, the early on in them years, there was more heartbreaks than, than great moments. We used to it, mate. We used to it. No. See what it says here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, Trevor established a really good squad, you know, each year, year on year. You know, we were probably favourites to go up every year. Um, but unfortunately we just kept falling for the final hurdle. You know, then playoffs were the death of us, weren't they? So um yeah. But but yeah, it was it was hard, you know, you know, certain circumstances that you know you can't control at times. Um then you've got the calamity against Barnsley, which that home game, we, we, we will never forget. Um, but yeah, we, we we got there in the end. You know, one of my first things when I came to the club was was to try and get the club into the Premier League. I had ambitions myself, um, even as a twenty year old boy coming coming into Birmingham with all the stars that we had at the time. Um, I still mm-hmm. felt comfortable that I could really try and help the team get, get to the Premier League, but it just took longer than than I thought, really. Well, one of my long-lasting memories of your uh, tenure, shall we say, or your reign, was uh, telling my son that I'd take him to Wembley for the playoff final, and we didn't get there, and I rang him up, and I could just hear him screaming on his bed. <laughs> yeah, it must have been hard. That's a hard one to take. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't go, go to the game with that day. It was at St Andrews, and we didn't quite make it. 
And um, yeah, so I rang him up, but uh, no, he's had his moments as well. So, but it's nice to know that you, you you can pass it down to your kids, mate. It's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's another generation coming through, isn't it? You know, you yeah. guys have, have, have seen so all the highs and lows over the years. You know, the, the next generation, hopefully, we they can see similar things to what you have seen. I know it's crazy. The crazy thing is, like when I used to go with my dad back in the early 1970s. Like there would be people there saying, "Oh, I've been coming here forty years." Right, <laughs> no, going there forty years myself now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sort of, uh, sort of hits home a little bit more then, doesn't it? When you sort of, yeah, you, sort of, yeah. you see these these um, season ticket holders for all the years. They got the names on seats and stuff, and you know, it's sort of it, it's the little privileges that make it make it all matter, really. It's all right for Paul. He sits in the posh seats. <laughs> <laughs> So how did it come about, Brian? Obviously, you just scored against us for Wrexham, if my memory serves me right, which we'll forgive you for, obviously. You did more than make up for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. how, did it, how, did it, how did it come about? Obviously, that it wasn't long after you did that, was it, that you came to us? No, it was um, It was basically Wrexham progressed through and went went to the quarterfinals. We went to play Chesterfield. Chesterfield got to the semis against Middlesbrough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we Wrexham was... We had Chesterfield in the quarterfinals, so it was always going to be a League Two club going to the going to the semis. Um, we were favourites on the day, obviously because of the the scalps that we'd taken. You know, Birmingham City, West Ham, and uh, we took a few scalps along the way. So people had us as favourites to go to the semi-final, but we lost one nil. Um, mm. And I, up to that point, I didn't know I didn't know anything about the Birmingham rumour. I didn't mm. know that Birmingham were interested in me, and we lost on the on the Sunday. It was on TV yeah. on the Sunday. And I got a phone call the next morning off Brian Flynn, who was my manager at Wrexham at the time. And he said the, the club have accepted a bid from Birmingham City. Um, I need to go and speak to Trevor Francis that night. And he Trevor was doing the, I think it was the Liverpool Newcastle game before three. Anfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I met Trevor after the game and in one of the hotels in town with Mick Mills. Um, and then we sort of thrashed out a deal. Um, then we travelled up on the Tuesday. Um, got everything sorted, got a medical, signed the papers, and then I think we had, we had a game that night on the Tuesday night, which I stayed for as well to see the team. Um, got introduced to the lads in the dressing room, and then and then that was it. I was a Birmingham City player from then on. Fantastic. Who was your first game against for the Blues? Sorry, what was that? Who was your first game against for the Blues? My first game was the, the Sunday against West Brom. I was on the bench. Trevor put me on the bench. We just won on the Tuesday night. I think Paul Tate scored the goal. Um, and it was West Brom away. And it was the game that Brucey fractured his eye socket or cheekbone or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we lost 2 0. I came on for the last 20, 30 minutes. Trevor introduced me. And then the next the game after that, I played the final 10, 10 games or so. We went unbeaten after that, actually. Um, and we just missed out on the playoffs. Yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. Uh, 248 appearances and 34 goals. I think Paul will remember every single one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's, the, there's so many memorable ones, Brian. You know, some brilliant yeah. goals that you scored for us. The, the, the ones I would say for me, I mean, what, 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 I mean, obviously not me, but what's your favourite goal for us? What would you say if you could go back and relive one goal you scored for us? Which one would it be and why? Um, one of my favourite goals was was, weird, it was strange one. It was the penalty against Liverpool in the cup final. Yeah. And, you know, I wish it would have been the winning one, but it was the opposite way around. They had to score to keep it to take it to sudden death. But it was one that really stuck with me, being an Everton fan against Liverpool at their end. Um, 
that was one that I really remember, you know. There was a lot of pressure on me at that point as well, not to keep us in the game. Yeah, um, but how close was you, Brian? How close was you to winning that for us with that chip from almost the halfway line out of the <laughs> festival? Did you think that was it? I thought it was yeah, it. Yeah, I said, I, yeah. You get, when, you, when you're playing, you know, I've, I've said it a few times to people, when you're playing golf and you hit a ball, sweet, you know that it's, it's going to be a good one for you and it's, it's going to go down the fairway. It's going to be sort of where you want it to go, really. It was the same sort of feeling when, even when I'd scored some memorable goals and some good goals where I've got one of players and put things in top corners and stuff. I just knew when I, when I hit that, that I, th- I actually thought it was in. Yeah. Um, I couldn't have hit it any better. It was just, I just, it was just a fantastic save, you know. Yeah. Another, another yard outside, outside of his goal, Festival, it's probably, he wouldn't have got there. No. Um, but he just got the slightest fingertip, didn't he? And just, just, t- just turned it around the post. But um, but yeah, I, I thought it was in, and I was off. I was sort of off getting ready to celebrate, and I, I yeah, was, I was absolutely devastated when it went round the post. Yeah, and no, I was, um, yeah. But yeah, um, you know, people talk on some of my goals as well. You know, the Watford goal the week after. Yeah. You know, Trevor left me. Trevor left me out of the starting eleven in the cup final. You know, I felt like it, I was gutted, but I felt like I didn't want it to, to to get on top of me. I wanted to perform, and when given the opportunity and. After that game, I sort of wanted to show people that I should have been playing like that game. Mm, mm. Um, the way that game, that goal against Watford, it was just a natural reaction to a ball that came came at me. I've yeah. done it similar things. I, lads will probably tell you, I'd probably do it 100 times in training, some similar sort of movements. Um, but it, it, it came off on the night on a really slippery surface as well. You know, it was frozen pitch that night. Um, and to keep it control and just Guide it into the corner, which yeah, it was probably prob- people will probably remember that as probably my best goal. Yeah, I-, I remember the one against Millwall when you kind of like nutmeg someone on the edge of the box and then curled it straight into the top corner. That was a great goal. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was that was um, that was good because of the camera angle. I think you know yeah. it, looked, it was a, it was just a, again an instinctive bit of skill, um, and then. Since obviously executed the way it did, which was obviously it looked great to the eye. And yeah. Obviously, I was happy with it. It was a fantastic finish. Yeah, 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 definitely. But so many of them, you know. There is, there is. We could, we could probably spend the whole hour talking about just your goals for us. Another one that I liked as well was um, was the, in the Premier League when against Sunderland when Poom came out. And yeah, you lo- yeah, you knocked it over. Knocked it in yeah. first time on, on, on like the, on the volley, sort of back with my left foot. Um, which obviously wasn't a predominant foot, but I could use and I scored many goals with my left. But, but yeah, that was one as well. Especially, I think that was my first Premier League goal as well, which was a bit was special. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the brace against Leeds as well. I remember well. Yeah, they were a bit more, they were a bit more, more clinical rather than sort of the the sort of spectacular. Um, yeah. The first one was a tapping, wasn't it? Just I just arrived in the box. The second one, just the timing of my run. Lazaridis made a great run. Beyond yeah. the defence, I think it was. Um, I think it might have been Robbie Savage who might have played it to him, um, and he's just held it up. And I've just timed the run. Um, just I'm just just finished it. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. Now you're head of the uh, Foot Golf Academy. No, that I'm not anymore. I was. I was, uh, I was no. numerous years ago. Yeah. Um, what was? It? Yeah. Well, it's it's, a, it's it's a new sport that was started. You know, I got involved with the directors. The company they asked for my input. Um, I think it was back in 2012, 13. 
Um, so it was a long time ago, um, and still going strong. It's all around the world now. Football mm-hmm. is uh, big in America. Um, we've got there's about three, four hundred courses now in the UK. Um, so, so yeah, it was just them. Um, you know, I was helping them with regards to setting it up, and you know, I was directing the academy there, getting the youngsters to basically it was, it was trying to get the youngsters to, to act, participate in the sport. You know, which had links to, to obviously to football and golf, but mainly from my background was to the football aspect, you know, the technical side of things, you know, striking balls, you know, accuracy and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it was good. Great. You know, and then I sort of left that, um, that role two, about two years later and got, um, got approached by a, a, a company called i 2 International Soccer Academy. Um, they were to oversee their, their head of coaching for uh, a, a partnership that they were doing with York St. John's University in York. So and it's a private academy that's run alongside with a, with a three-year degree for all international students around the yep. world, which mm-hmm. I was back involved with that now as well. You know, So I was there for, for three three years before, obviously, Wrexham come and asked me to be their manager last season. Um, and that ended towards the end, just back ends of 2019. And now I've gone back in at I2I International Soccer Academy to, to try and start to, to try and carry on what, what I've started off with them really. Mm. Good. Are you still play, are you still playing at any level now, Brian, at all? Um like you know, obviously uh, any vets leagues or anything like that? No, not in not in leagues. Um I still play for Hull City. Obviously I finished my Premier League career with Hull City, I still live in the area. Um and they've got an ex-Tigers sort of team that can yeah. play charity games. They like the Blues, Blues team, yeah. you know. I've been meaning to come down and play in the Blues charity games. Just haven't had the time at the moment, especially last year with being manager of Wrexham. But, but yeah, I'm going to get over and definitely play in some of them, uh, obviously, when, when these lockdown measures and things can start again. Uh, but, yeah, at the moment, it's just the ex-Tigers ones. Yeah, yeah. So, Tom Ross has been after you already, has he, trying to sign you? <laughs> yeah, they've, been, uh, they've asked me a few times when I've been over. Uh, to come over, you know, it's some of the lads, you know, Daily plays and Jeff, yeah. and Devs and Orson, all the lads, you know. So, um, yeah, it'd be good, good to catch up as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a few of our fans' questions, if that's okay. Um, Jason Willis is asking, have you spoken to Steve Bruce since you left? Well, obviously, you left us in 04. Have you spoke to Steve Bruce since? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've seen him actually. Seen him in seen him in pre-season in the, in the summer um, in the airport of, in Faro because we've had a pre-season trip in Faro at Wrexham and he was there with Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. But, um, he, he was flying back to speak to Newcastle, obviously, because he was just about to, to join them. Yeah. I had a chat with Steve at the airport. But, but yeah, throughout the years, yeah, I've still kept in touch with him. You know, he managed Hull City. Um, I've been done a bit of media work for Hull over the years, as you'd expect. Um and I've seen him, obviously, have a few drinks with him around, around, around the area. You know, he's coached yeah. the team, Stephen Clements, Keith Bertram when he was there. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, um, I still keep in contact with Steve, you know, Alex as well, his lad. So, yeah, so, yeah no, there was no hard feelings, from, Good. especially Good. from that Leeds United game when he stopped me from having that penalty. <laughs> uh, Mark come back London, sorry, sorry, Nick, go on. Do you come back to the Blues much and watch a game? Well, yeah, this uh, that's a couple of years. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been to helping out with the media. Know with Dale and Tats, and right? I've been doing the Blues TV with them, which has been great. You know, commentating in, in the country as well as doing the studio stuff. That it's going really well there. I enjoy every minute. I, to be honest, I enjoy just walking back into the building. You know, in St project. Andrews. Um, you know, spending that long playing there, seven and a half years. It, it just it, it still gives me 
shivers when I walk there. So it's just great to be back involved, even though it's on a media sort of side of things. It's uh, it's still great to watch the team, you know, have a good look at it with myself being a coach myself now as well. Um, and just keep, keep keep educating yourself on certain things, you know, kept doing, doing stuff this year with the team um, and just, just making notes and just keeping things in, in your diary for if any opportunities do come along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That, right, we had a question posed to us. It's a generic question about uh, about Birmingham. You said you're not specifically about yourself, unfortunately, Brian, but I did promise I'd read this one out. Uh, Graham Lysick says, will Pep return from Spain to finish the season? I have a feeling he won't come back and Robbo and Craig may take charge. I, for, well, if it was me, I, I, my personal thoughts on that, be, I think Pep will come back. Yeah. Um, I think he'll he'll definitely if the season starts again. I think he'll definitely finish the season. Um, you know some of the stuff that he's done this year with the team. I've been you know being a coach myself. He's been brave in certain things. You know mm-hmm. changing sort of the way we play the tactics at times. Um, you know the introduction of Bellingham's been a massive hit. Yeah. Um, and rightly so as well. You know he's he's I know he's only sixteen years old, but what an absolute talent. Unbelievable yeah. talent. That. The first time I'd seen him was against Wigan away this last this season. Um, and he came on then. He only came on for 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. straight away I said, this this lad's going to go all the yeah, way. Yeah, you just know, don't you? He's an exceptional talent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Pep will definitely finish the season. Um, I, can't see, I can't see him not finishing it, you know, and leaving leaving the club in that sort of limbo. But, you know, he's um, he's been given this opportunity. I don't think he'd throw it away that easily. Mm-hmm. No. There you are, Graham. Thanks for the question. <laughs> I'm glad he wasn't some... talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You know, that's just Daly. He's panting, isn't he? He's, uh, <laughs> he's godfather to one of my children, Daly. We we're, we're really good friends. So um, it doesn't surprise me him coming out with things like that. <laughs> Mark Blundell's asking uh, Brian, who, who was your favourite player? Um, you played with along, you played alongside at Blues, and why during all that time? Um, my favourite, my favourite player, um, probably the player that played with right the way through my career. I, I'd, I'd say the best player I played with was Do Gary. Yeah. Um, you know, I just at that stage, you know, that then first couple of Premier League seasons when Christoph came. Um, it was a time when I was getting myself more stabilised in the team as well, you know, in the Premier League era. Um, and I just seemed to have a good connection with him. You know, it was um, it was it was good, and you know, he was a bit of a a bit a bit, a bit of a strange character off the pitch. I would say, you know, he he'd go at his own pace at times, but on some of the things that he that he do on the field was just like breathtaking. You know, you you know, World Cup winner. European yeah. Championship winner, you know, you've got to sort of respect these sort of guys. And he was such a down to earth guy as well, not great sort of technician on the training. He'd turn up at training ground, we'd, have, we'd, have, we'd be in for 10 o'clock for a half 10 start, and he'd turn up at 28 minutes past 10. Just lethargic as you like, you know, with big long hair, take his clothes off, put his kit on, go in the training ground, out on the training ground, be the best player on the pitch. Just put yeah. balls in top corners all over the place. It was just incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it, but alongside that talent and that natural ability that he had, Christoph, he was such a—he was a great lad as well. Great lad. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a pleasure to have him there for the time he was there. He was just unbelievable to watch as well. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, that Southampton game sticks in my mind, the 3-2. Do you remember that one? Yeah, he scored, that, scored, that, he scored in that. Scored in that. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's always it's, it's known as the Dugary show, isn't it? But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I scored the second, I think it was. Yeah, second. Um, but yeah, he wasn't with us that long. But he made a lasting impression on people. You yeah. know, and that's no that's no disrespect to any of the players that I've played with in my career. You know, some of them have played five, six years with. Christoph was just a special talent, and you, you, you need to applaud them for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, he was coming from obviously a background as well with some of the best players ever to play the game, like Zidane and you know Thierry Henry and Petit, yeah. and, you know Vieira, people like that. Well, Zidane, Zidane put him in. He's done his best eleven teams, isn't he? And Zidane, Christoph was in his best eleven, and it's yeah. the amount of players that he's played with. I know. You know. Imagine some of the talent that he's played alongside. It's just phenomenal, you know. And I know yeah, they're definitely. They're good friends, you know. They were good friends in the French national team. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Andrew Adams is asking, what, what shirts did you keep and where are your Cardiff medals? Have you still got your Cardiff medals? You know, from yeah, the I've, still got, I've still got them. Still got them. I've got, um, I've got like, say, a few shirts behind me now, can't you? But um, I've got a few others um, dotted around. I tried to keep, I tried to change shirts with players that I played with. You know, I've got Darren Carter, I've got Andrew Johnson, I've got people, Darren Fares, I've got Dealey Adebola. I got Dealey yeah. Adebola against. Um, Against Bristol City at Wembley, when Hull City beat them at Wembley, I've okay, changed, yeah. I changed shirts with Daly, which was a nice touch, you know. Even though he was on the losing end, um, and we went up to the Premier League, I just thought <laughs> I'd, I just thought I'd rub his nose in it and change shirts with him. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, I sort of try and keep a few. I've, I've given a lot of them away as well, um, you know, over the years. You know, people ask for shirts, you, you give them away. I'll keep them all, yeah. I guess. And Mick Jones is asking, who was your favourite manager, manager, manager sorry, to work under and why? Well, my favourite manager to work under, which some people will probably find this strange, was probably Steve. Yeah. Steve Bruce. You know, I, I, he, I felt he got the best out of me, um, especially the year that we went up. Yeah. You know, um, I started the season off well with under Trevor. And I think I scored, I think I scored about six goals in the first nine or ten games. Yeah. From midfield, but Trevor got got after the Barnsley game, I think, um, and that was the game that I broke my foot in away at Oakwell. Um, so I was out for three months or so while Steve was sort of coming back to the club over the Christmas period into the January. And I only sort of got back into got back fitting into the team end of Jan, beginning of Feb, I think it was. Mm. Then I sort of cemented my place and, and sort of stayed in the team and we went on that magnificent run. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just felt, you know, working with Steve, when I first got to the club as a 20-year-old, Steve was one of the, was the captain of the club. He was uh, someone that I looked up to, you know, being a Premier League winner with Manchester United. You know, for him. So I had that respect for him straight away. Um, yeah. And then when he came back to managers, and then just the way he interacted with the squad, you know, it was very, very, everything was at ease. Um, and it just felt, he just made people feel really comfortable and, Sort of appreciated that, and I, I felt that, you know, in hindsight, looking back on it, I felt like he probably got the best out of me. Mm. Um, he didn't give me the best opportunity once we got to the Premier League. I think early on, you know, that first few months, he started me against Arsenal, but then quite quickly, you know, we're not, we're not. Let's be honest, we're playing Arsenal, who just previously won the league. We're not going to go there and expect it to win, but we give a good account of ourselves. You know, Alusisi got sent off on the day. We lost two 0 I didn't feel I had a bad game. But I didn't feel I'd, I'd impacted the game. 
I got eased out of the team probably too quickly after that. Um, mm. And then it took me a while to, to get back in. And I was on the bench numerous times. But I mean, you want to play, you, you, you're working all the years behind and all the heartache that you've had. Yeah. You want to play in the Premier League. You, you want to show that you, you perform there. Um, mm. it took me it took me a while to get Steve's trust, I think, really, to, mm. to sort mm. of especially in one of the midfield roles that he wants that I wanted to play. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And who was your football idol growing up, Ryan? Who did you idolise as a footballer <coughs> as a kid? Um I used to look closely at the likes of like Glenn Hoddle, um, then later on Gascoigne, people like that. Um yeah. they were sort of players that I'd sort of not model my game on, but just sort of relate to a little bit, you know. Glenn's very, very sort of lethargic looking on the ball, but could pass a ball and could finish. And he, he had an eye for detail and passing ability. Where Gaza was just a bit unpredictable at times, natural talent. Well, I think I had a little bit of both, but um, just they were the two that I sort of looked up to. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, 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 they're the two that stick out in my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly mine as well, Gaza. Gaza's my football hero as well, as a kid as well. Him and Gary Lineker were my two, yeah. Yeah, I've been an Everton fan. No, Lineker came to Goodison. He was, he was outstanding. I think he only stayed yeah. for one year, if I remember. Yeah. But he, yeah. was, uh, he had a great season for Everton. Yeah. And it- No, I wouldn't say I didn't get on with anyone, you know. I think I was sort of a likeable sort of character there. Um, you know, I think when I first got to the club, you know, um, Trevor Trevor sort of took me under his wing. I was 20 years old, you know, coming from Liverpool. Um, and he took me under his wing a little bit, you know. I got on well with his son, Matthew, and then we sort of, I think, it gave me a bit more an insight into Trevor as a, as a person rather than my manager as well. Uh, you know, um, and I think the lads used to, the lads used to sort of wind me up a little bit, you know, thinking that I was like Trevor's little golden boy and stuff. But that wasn't <laughs> the case, you know. He was quite he could quite quickly drop me when he wanted to. Um, I remember a game at Crew where he took me off at half time. I was absolutely devastated. But um, but yeah, it was just I, I, I seemed to get on with everyone, you know, all the players. We had we had a great group, even of all the players that came through um, that era. It was just a, it was. It, you know, picking my one to eleven was so hard. You know, because there's so many people that spent a lot of time. You know, with on the training grounds, on coaches, in hotels. You know, you, you don't just get to know them as a footballer; you get to know them as a person as well. Mm, yeah, sure, sure. And who was the best player you ever played against in your career? Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, probably the best. And um, you know, very unpredictable. I always found myself getting pushed onto the left. Um, and usually when we played Man United, whoever, whatever team I played for, whether it was Birmingham or even at Hull City and Charlton, you know, I ended up, every time we played Man United, I'd always end up being on the left. And it was all because against Ronaldo. So you want to impact the game and show people like what you can do yourself personally. Most of the time in games like that, you're sort of defending. So you're sort yeah. of doubling up with your full back to try and contain him. And it's so difficult, you know, you don't know what way he was going to go at times. Um, but yeah, definitely the best. There's so many as well, you know, the Zolas, Bear Camps, um, yeah. the Aerial Reeds. There's just so many. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's times uh, that you uh, were on, on TV as a footballer. Did you tend to watch the game back again afterwards to assess your own performance? 
Uh, not necessarily to watch the game. If I'd score, I'd like to watch it back and see. What <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, not not necessarily my own performance. You know, I'm, believe it or not, I'm not a big in TV now. I'm not a big fan of watching games on TV. Mm. I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch them live. Um, yeah. and that's obviously I, that's why I enjoy going back. You know, to the uh, to the ground to St Andrews and watch to help them with the media and watching the games live because you. You can see things so much differently. Yeah. Mm. And who was the best best and worst trainer that you uh, were with at the Blues? Best and worst trainer. Well, I can't call myself the best trainer, can I? Well, I was <laughs> I was I was probably one of them. Um, best trainer, like I said, do Barry was good when he when when he when he, when he was there when he was there. Um, Mikel Forsell was pretty sharp. You know, yeah. trained hard even after training. You know, always working on his finishing. That natural instinct that he had. Um, Martin Granger was a good trainer, you know, a passion that he sort of shows on a match day. He'd, he'd do, he'd bring that in training as well. So yeah, there was never any change in Granger's performance. It was just all no. it, was, it was all or nothing, you know, training and also training the games, which you sort of appreciate now. Now you look back, obviously you don't when you're on the end of one of his tackles in training, but. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But but yeah, you sort of in hindsight now looking back, you, you do appreciate that sort of that sort of mentality. Yeah, and that 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 side of the game's not really there as much now, is it? It's kind of different now, isn't it? To what it was back then. You can't put challenges like you can't put challenges in like that anymore, can you? No, you can't. The rules of the game's changed as well, hasn't it? Um, you know, it can it, it can look and seem quite passive at times. The game, you know, it's so slow, tempo slow. Where I, I watched our game back against Norwich when the, when the Blues TV put it on a few weeks ago. And the tempo in that game from start to end, right the way through yeah. its time, was just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. The fitness levels that we must have had were incredible. You know, you, you, don't, you don't see that sort of tempo nowadays. It's slow, slow build-up play and then it's sharp and sharp and short bursts where the, yeah. when you get to that attacking phase. Where, you know, back then it was just like end-to-end at times. Which was yeah, exciting. yeah, yeah, definitely. Exciting yeah. for the neutral, I guess, but but you know it was it, you don't realise it how much how quick it was back then compared to what it was now until you look back on some of the footage. Yeah, yeah. And who and who disliked training the most? Would you say who was the, who, who was the worst trainer? <laughs> um, to be fair, there, I there wasn't many worst trainers. But there was a lot of banter flying around. Yeah, uh, in training, you know, as you can imagine, we had a, we had a really good group. Yeah, he was right the way through. You know the championship teams that I played with, up to the Premier League teams that I played with. Um, but I think it was a bit when we got to the Premier League, there was more, there was definitely more seriousness about it in, in training. You know, there was more focus yeah. on because you know being a Premier League player then and the the standards that you have to hit and the, the plays that you're coming up against, it had to be sort of a lot more tactical at times. Sure, coming through with the championship lads. The team spirit was 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 just bouncing every day. We'd be around training, you know. Even the injured lads, and you know, some managers like don't like the injured lads around. The, the, the lads that fit. Back then, the injured lads were just as just as much as part of the team as as, as the playing staff. Yeah, sure. I'm going to switch to audio. We're going to go off offline for a, a couple of seconds because there's something I want to read you that uh, we got notice of today. So I'll I'll be back visually in a minute, but uh, just stay with me for ten seconds if you would. Now, this is from uh, our good friend, Tom Ross, friend of the show. And um, what he wrote today on his Facebook 
page was as follows. Can I just say to all my family, friends and followers, that in this most stressful and difficult of times, we sometimes overlook the impact this lockdown can have on our mental health. Most of us will be able to cope because we have a loving family around us and in touch either by social media, Zoom or whatever. Sadly, some people, even with family, can find the stress too much to deal with, leading to anxiety and depression, while with those on their own risks is even greater. If you know people living on their own, then take a few minutes to talk to them, practicing social distance, of course. It seems like a slogan or a cliche, but it's so true that it's okay not to be okay. Talk to friends or family, keep in touch, be a good friend. Some cracking words there from Tom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's I think it's, it's it's really big at the moment, isn't it? You know, the mental health of sad, especially yeah. in the in the game, in the football game. Yeah. Um, well, I've suffered know, from it myself, right? Okay, earlier on in the year, um, I've had a bad back for about twenty eight years. I've had three lots of failed surgery on it, one thing or another. Uh, and earlier on in the year, I, I was like proper rock bottom because I just could not get this out of this cycle of constant pain, constant pain, constant pain. And it is literally every minute of every day that I'm awake, yeah? So uh, I went on a six-week pain management course and, and the physiotherapist there could see it in my face. She, she could see it. And she took me aside and said, look, you know, you've got to get out. I've been like this all my life, dog. No, she says, no, think about it. She says, it's not just your back. And since I've been on medication, I can tell you that the pain has decreased. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not thinking about it all the time. It's not. It's not great in me. It's not. It's not. You know. Uh, mine is a physical thing, right? Which has caused me to go like, and and I was just antisocial. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do anything. Uh, and I'm perfectly fine now. Thank you. So just a few weeks later, so it is okay to get tablets, guys and girls. No, mm. it is. It is. It's, it's. 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 It's some great words there from Tom. You know, he's. Oh, he's, he's a lovely uh, man, and he's a fantastic man. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people who've suffered with depression and anxiety. Players, you know, one of my good friends, Dean Windass, who plays at a hall, he, he suffered with it. He openly mm -hmm. speaks about it now, which is really great. And he's, he's getting his life back on track. Again, that's, that's the absolute, the absolute reason we've decided, you know, between the three of us and the rest of the team in the background to carry this on all through the summer is so that we can keep in touch with people. They know where we are. If anybody wants anything, they know we're here. Uh, I know that they're there. And, and we're, we are just a massive... Blues family, we, we just, we just, right. You know, for a fact, if you if you needed, right, you, you've only got to speak out, and somebody will be there for you, without a doubt. Yeah, and that's great from the Birmingham fans' point of view, isn't it? You know, because you know, my, my memories of the fans is just that passion, the togetherness. You know, and like you say, that that them, them sort of words that you're talking about there, it sums the, the whole club and the fan base up perfectly. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And believe me, believe me, I'll tell you what, wow, they are a proper, proper family. Oh, man, they've helped me out so much, personally, yeah? And um, I'll go and I'll, I'll get to bar eight on a, on, a, on, a, on a game day, first thing through the door, right-hand side, all my disabled friends are there. It's just brilliant to see them going to football. And oh, the flag today, did you see the flagpole that Daniel Ricketts got off Steve Portman? No, no, no. Mate, look it up in a bit. It's absolutely superb. Okay, it's yeah. Superb. It's got it's got written on the bottom. We all fit in somewhere, and Birmingham City is the right place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very true. Brilliant. Superb. While we're on the, while we're on the subjects of our fans, uh, Brian Mark Andrew Adams is asking: Did any of the did, did any of our well players in general really? Did, did you ever comment amongst yourselves about the atmosphere at St Andrews? 
Yeah, yeah, we used to speak all the time. You know, our fan base was great, home and away as well. The away fan yeah. base is unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, that, that one thing that sticks in my mind going back all them years, you know, is when substitutions used to happen. And <laughs> the, crowd would be, the name would be spoken on the tannoy and then the crowd would be, who? And it'd be yeah. like, who are you? And it was just like, incredible. You know, as a yeah, player to brought- feel that. When I'm going to sit up by the away supporters, if I'm going to sit up by the away supporters and we do that, the looks on their faces, mate, it's super. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's I remember, things are there. Yeah, I remember when Michael Owen came on and we did it. That was quite funny. I know, that's what I mean. You can, there's no boundaries with it, is it? You know, it can be absolutely one of the best players in the world. And you can just yeah, nobody <laughs> with it. It still, goes, it still goes on there. It's brilliant. Pretty sure it'll affect him straight away. Do you know what I mean? But the best, yeah. the best bit, Last year it was sponsored by Booker Pies. It's sponsored by somebody else this year. We're even now singing ooh to the sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, proper fans. Brilliant stuff. But no, Tom, nice guy, cracking bloke. Always always got a good word to say about it. Never a bad word to say about anybody. No, he's 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 a top man, Tom. Real top man. You know, he's 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 had such an association with the club all them years, hasn't he? You know, he's got He's got the blues blood running through, um, and you know, so it'll be strong words coming from someone like him, so especially to the fans, anyway. One of the best bits of commentary he ever did for me was when we beat West Ham in the um, semi-final of the Carling Cup. Yeah, and sounds of bubbles are popping all over the <laughs> East End. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend, isn't he? Yeah, and then when uh, Big Ziggits got fouled, right, and and Tom was on the radio, and I was actually listening to it from home. Because uh, I I, for whatever reason, probably work, I couldn't go to the game. And uh, he, Tom said he trod on him nine times. He said, "It's trodden on him. He trod on him." We were laughing at stuff, stuff. But yeah, so he's, he's brilliant. Uh, what's your thoughts on um, Hogan's indication at the moment that he may want to stay? Brilliant. I think I, I've seen some of the games. I'll commentate on some of the games before the lockdown and. When when Hogan came to the club, I remember speaking to Dale and, and Colin Tatum and saying he's the striker that we've been missing. Mm. You know, he's um, he'll give he'll help with the workload because the fans will love him because he's got them work ethics. But he's got he scores goals. You know, he runs behind. Um, and I think we were lacking that. We had we didn't have anyone who make the runs behind. That creates space for other people. So. I think um, you know. I think he's been a breath of fresh air since he's come, Hogan, and hopefully he'll hopefully he'll stay. Yeah, what I think. Make... Sorry, go on. Sorry, Paul. Carry on. I was just going to say, what do you make of our team today, Brian? What do you think of the team we've got now, the squad and players? Yeah, I think I think, I think it's exciting. I think there's a, there's definitely an exciting team there. You know, um, Bellingham, whether he stays at the club or not, you know, it's a young team. You know, mixed with a little bit of experience, like to Harley Dean and stuff. Um, but yeah, there's definitely scope for them to grow and get better. Yeah. Like like I know, you know, it's um, there's there's a lot of pressure on managers nowadays. So you need things to happen quite quickly. You know, you mm. even if, if you've got the backing of the board and the fans and you're looking to introduce some of the youth, because we have got some great youth coming through at Birmingham City. Yeah. Um, if you've got that backing to, to introduce that, I think, you know, you, you, you potentially not looking over the next year or two, over the next three to five years, you might have, we might have a serious team on our hands that could really challenge and get into the Premier League. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sorry, Nick. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say now, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it was only 30 seconds ago. Can't help it. Can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being... 
Yeah, one to eleven. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah, we need to come on to your one to eleven, Brian. Yeah, it's ten past eight already. This time flies, like we said. So yeah, shall we? Uh, shall we do that now? Yeah, let's crack on with it. Yeah, it's about attack. This has been difficult, by the way. Yeah, how long has it took you to do this? A couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been looking at it. I've changed it a few times. Um, but I've gone with, I've gone with the pair. I've gone with a team that I think has got structure as well as goals. You know, I've, I've got I was gold. I like goals. I like a bit yeah, of play. Yeah, um, But also a defensive structure there, a bit of stability there as well. A good spine to the team. Okay, so what formation you gone for? Um, four three three could be a four four two, whichever way you want to look at it. So there's scope there to change at times. Um, but yeah, do you want me to start with my goalkeeper? Please. Well, my goalkeeper, you know, it's been it was a difficult one. You know, playing I played with Ian Bennett, I played with Nico Vassin, Kevin Poole, um, Mike Taylor. Some quality um, there. Yeah, very good goalkeepers. Think, out of all of them. I'm going to go with Mike. Yeah. You know, um, all the others were fantastic, you know, really good goalkeepers. But Mike just had this, 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 this character, you know, that was, he, he, he just, he just oozed quality as well. Yeah. You know, and yeah. being an international goalkeeper as well probably helped that. And he was fantastic. Had a presence he, about him, didn't he? Yeah, he was a massive presence, good talker. Um, Clear in his instructions as well, you know, which is always good when you're in defensive situations. Um, but yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike was great, you know, coming into the team in the Premier League era now, you know, I've got yeah. a mixture of Premier League and Championship era as well. Do you, yeah. Do you remember his side at Manchester City from Sibierski? Yeah, absolutely. That was just, un, oh, that was unhuman. It was unbelievable, yeah. that was, wasn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Um but, but yeah, that's what I mean. All the goalkeepers could produce something brilliant. You know, Nico Vassin in the in getting us to the Premier League. You know, the penalty saves. Um, you know, Ian Bennett and Stallworth of the club being fantastic servants. You know, Evan Poole when he was there as well. So that was a difficult decision. But I just felt Mike, you know, had that, that just a little bit more presence. Um, and, and, and like I say, that sort of communication, that defensive structure. Um, yeah. Was critical in my decision making, really. Sure. Uh, back four, I'm going to go right back first. I'm going to go for Gary Rowett. Yeah. Um, obviously, an ex manager of the club, plays with Gary in numerous years. Again, a championship player at the time with us. Um, it was a difficult one. It was a toss up between him and, well, there's three really, him, Jeff, or Nicky Eden. Obviously, yeah. there's other people there, like Gilly and Jonathan mm. Bass, people that I've played it over the years. Um, but I've gone with I've gone with Gary. Just be again, he, he has a knack of scoring goals as well. You know, he was good yeah. plays. Um, and he was a good leader. He was good, you know, again, another good speaker. You no, know, Jeff Kenner was good at that as well, to be fair. Um, good at defending space, good at defend, good at attacking, both of them really. So that was a close goal as well. But I've gone for yeah. Gary Wright. Yeah, excellent, excellent player, Gary Wright was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Left back, I've gone for uh, Martin Granger. Yeah. You know, again, another championship, played Premier League as well. But um, he's in next. Sorry. He's on next week. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, he's a top lad, Grange. Really yeah. good lad. You know, he he came just before me. I think you know that season before. Um, I think ninety six or ninety six, ninety seven season. But great lad. Again, looking for qualities, passionate, um, strong in the tackle. 
can score goals, can create goals. Delivery was fantastic. Um, and could ultimately defend, you know, yeah. put his head in anywhere, you know. So straight away, you sort of you sort of build in a, a defensive mindset there straight away. You know, other players have played there, like, like you know, Jamie Clapham, Simon Charlton, all fantastic players. Um, well, just Grange just edged in for me, you know. Yeah. Especially with me going a little bit more flare up top. Uh, I think <laughs> a little bit more security defensively, but also, like I say, adding to goals and assists as well. Yeah. Defend my parents' centre backs was a difficult one. Difficult one, you know, playing with Percy, John O, um, Oldsware, Darren Wassell, um, Brucey, Gary Ablett, you know, all the way through them eras. But I didn't, even though they were all fantastic lads, fantastic players in their own right, um, I've gone for the partnership of Cunningham and Upson. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to they're, they're the sort of two that you know Kenny Cunningham was um, he was fantastic was when he came yeah. to the club in the Premier League era he was he was like a breath of fresh air he read the game well he reminded me of Steve Bruce the way he played yeah. he was fantastic um, but he was such a good lad as well he had a voice in the dressing room um, very very good for the players, wanted something back off Steve, you know, he'd, he'd be one of the guys who'd go and speak to Steve directly, you know, and when Uppy, Upson came as well in the January, them two formed an absolutely fantastic partnership. Um, yeah. I know, I know Upson sort of injuries sort of prolonged his, not prolonged his career, but sort of got in the way of his Blues career late on, but, but as a parent, absolutely fantastic, you know, Matthew Upson as a defender, he was like a spider. You know, at time he was still young when he came to the club, but he was the perfect foil for Cunningham. You know, because he was yeah. quick. Um, Kenny read the game well. Matthew mopped things up. It was just a really good partnership. Um, yeah. and that's, that's my back four. That's who I've gone for. So a bit of solidarity, understanding, passion, and they've all got goals. Apart from Kenny, we'll keep him back. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's the best partnership I've seen as well, Brian at the back. There's two yeah, centrals in all my years going. And that's, not, that's, not, that's not being disrespectful to like Percy and John, no. um, no, Brucey, Ablick, um, people like that. You know, fantastic, fantastic players. You know, I was I was contemplating going to a back three actually, but yeah. uh, I, I just thought as a partnership they they were good together. They were excellent, yeah. So sort of stuck with me. Roger Johnson partnership was good as well, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, a bit after Brian's time, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd go Cunningham and Upson, though, I would personally. That's just my opinion. But, yeah, from what I saw, I'd go with Cunningham and Upson. Um, just moving it's into good. midfield. Oh, moving into midfield. I've gone for sort of a three in midfield. Uh, sitting in there, I've gone for Martin O'Connor. Um, you know, Done it again. Everyone <laughs> everyone we have on here that's played with him always puts him in every time. Yeah, because he's one of these char- he's one of these players and these characters that sort of good. His quality's going noticed a little bit at times. Yeah, you know, and um, you know that he sort of he was a great foil for me. You know, yeah. when I played midfield, when Trevor used to play me in centre midfield, Steve, he was a great foil for me. You know, in there because he'd sit in there and he'd, yeah. he'd give me a bit of security where I can actually go and be in areas of the pitch where I can actually pair teams or yeah, yeah. Teams, you know, score a yeah. goal. Um, and he was good like that. You know, he was the captain of the team as well when Steve left. He was obviously, I think I played five or six years with Martin. Yeah. Um, 
And it was great, you know, in the dressing room, one of the lads who could have a good laugh and a joke, but also one who could be quite um, strict, especially on the pitch, you know, demanded standards at times. Um, so, yeah, he was just one of these players that, um, he was just, he was one of these, long like, when building the team here, like a structure, one of these ones that I know you can trust and you can rely on. Um, yeah. And he can sit in that midfield and let the other ones go and go and enjoy themselves, really. Yeah. Um, Hunter Martin, I've got alongside right side of Martin, I've got Robbie Savage. Yeah, um, you know playing with Sav, even though even though sometimes he used to infuriate me playing alongside him because even though he was fantastic, he, he, he did lack a, a bit of discipline at times, and he'd run here there everywhere trying to chase balls. Um, and he was just at that time and in the Premier League era, he was perfect for what we needed. Yeah. Um, he was he was full of energy, disrupt uh, the opposition, whether it be with his his football or whether it be with his banter or his mouth. He just had something different to what we'd had previously. Yeah, um, and I just felt he had to be in the team. You know, I know mm-hmm. he left on uncertain terms when he left the Blues, but but um, he, he he was great for them few years that he was there. So I put Robbie in there, uh, and then. Left side of Martin, I've gone with um, could have could have gone with quite a few, you know, but I've yeah. gone with Stan Stan Lazaridis, um, a really good friend of mine as well. When I was there at the club, um, just a such a direct player, you know, yeah, great talent, energy levels again, quick, runs quicker with the ball than without, um, and there's not many players like that. No. You know, no. I played with some great midfielders there. You know, being a midfielder, you know, David Dunn, even though David Dunn was a talent, but yeah, we didn't see the best of David, unfortunately. No. You know, his injuries and stuff, but what an unbelievable talent Dunn he was. Yeah. Um, you know, the likes of um, Graham Hyde, Stephen Clements, Danny Sonner, um, there's so many, you know, Chris yeah. Martin. Yeah. Really, all really good players who had an influence at that time, but they're, they're the sort of three midfielders that are that I've gone with. Yeah. And also, it can change to a, to a four with Stan and going to the left and one of the forwards going to the right once you get to the forwards. Yeah, sure. Right, okay. front, Listen to this one then. Yeah, the front three, I've gone, I've gone with... This was the one that I was pulling and choosing from. I've gone with Peter Unlove. Yeah, what a player. On yeah. the right. I've gone with, well, that's a three, whatever way you want to play it. Um, I've got Unlove on the right because he was just such a phenomenal talent, Peter Unlove. He and a speed, just, wasn't he? He was just, he had so much ability. It was unbelievable. You know, he could twist, he could score goals. Um, a great lad as well in the dressing room. One of yeah. the funniest guys ever. Um, he was just such, such his natural ability, you know. He's, he's international for his country. Um, he just seemed to have been around for years as well. You know, when he came to us, I think he was like 25 or something. And he'd been playing for Coventry for about 10 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> scoring goals for fun in the Premier League, Atrix at Anfield in front of the cop. It was just a it was just a breath of fresh air when he came. And he forged a great partnership up there in that era with you know Addy Bowler and Fairland and people like that. We had a really good good forward line back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was surprised we got Peter on love, to be honest, obviously from the Premier League and all that, you know, at the time. I remember being surprised. When we yeah. signed him and, and Stan as well from West Ham, and yeah. obviously Gary Rowett as well from Derby, you know, they were all Premier League players, weren't they? 
Yeah, I think we could have got more out of Peter. I think we, I think let, I think Steve let him go, didn't he? But I think, um, I think he could have, I think he could have carried on with us for a few more years. He had yeah, some, yeah. Especially once we got to the Premier League, because he had an unpredictability about him. He could turn things into nothing. Yeah. Um, and he, 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 he had to go on the team. He had to, when I looked at it, I want, you know, I want goals. I want, I want a bit of flair. I want a bit of creativity. And Peter, Peter had to go in it. Yeah. Um, but again, up front, I've gone for Mikel Fossell. Yeah. Again, another Premier League era. Um, when we got him from Chelsea, it's just, I, I seem to have a good understanding with Mikel. Yeah. Like I said, with Christoph, I had a really good understanding with him. Um, and the, the beauty about this forward line, I had so many good forwards to choose from. You know, like I said at the start of the show, it's not being disrespectful to any of the ones there. Just what I thought was 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 the best ones I, I played with at the time. Yeah. Um, four cell was great, you know. Um he was he, he, he just he just had the natural instinct in front of goal, but he also had a bit of, bit of individualism as well, where he could just do something out of nothing. Um yeah. and he's made me he's made my team as well, even though he took the penalty off me against Leeds. I've still put him in. Um <laughs> Because he was a good lad as well, and you know, I was the first one to congratulate him when he scored that penalty. Yeah, um, and we've still got he's still friends now, you know, we still follow each other on Instagram and stuff like that. So, so yeah, yeah, I've gone for uh, Miguel, and lastly, but not least, you know, it has to be Christoph, yeah, it's got to be Dugarry. Um, yeah. like I said at the start, he's probably the best player that I've played with, um, even though it was for such a, for a short spell. In that spell, he made such an impact on the club, not just me, just on the whole club and the fan base. Um, it was a pleasure to play with, you know. Like yes. I say, like I said with Mikel, I seem to have a good understanding with Christoph, um, yeah. good understanding with Forsell. And like I say, that, that, that team could change. Peter could go on the right, you know, do Gary and Forsell could go front, or you could keep it with a four-three-three. And that, to be fair, the front line was was difficult. You know, yeah, I was contemplating horse. Was horse was amazing as well. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Daily, full fairlong, yeah. stay and John. There's just so many, so many great, great plays that I, I, I feel very privileged to have played alongside. Yeah, yeah. And going back, going back to your goals, Brian. That that first one at Stoke in the seven nil as well, when you cut in on the right and absolutely belted it in the bottom corner. That was yeah, a that was the, time, wasn't that, it? that was the second one. Was it the second one? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was the... Oh, no, Nicky Forster got the first one, didn't they? No, I got the first as well. But um, oh. mine was, was a flying header from, from six yards out. <laughs> my reputation my reputation's going down here for a good memory. Yeah. yeah, I got the first one. It was um, an header from, from about six yards out. I just got there in front of the keeper. I remember and it second, now. Yeah. Second one I was, was the second, yeah. I was at the second game. one was the one yeah. where it caught got, got a bit airy then, didn't it, that one? Yeah, it was a fantastic game, that one. You know, seven nil. You know, going to Stoke, beating them the way we did, so convincingly. Could have been more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great day. That keep rubbing it in. I've got a Stoke fan sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> Ex Stoke fan. She's been to the Blues now. She's been cleansed. Oh, that's good. Good news. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh dear. Okay, just going off for football for about a minute and a minute and a half. Um, and I don't know the latest update on this, but I'm sure you've all seen the the, the damage that was caused at the Borsi Labour Club. Uh, they're good friends of ours, good friends of the show, and for horrible people to break and do what they did over there. 
was just damn disgusting, your filthy, feral, horrible strokes. I hope your arms drop off, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, if anybody's got any information, either get hold of, um, uh, what's his name? He ain't got that. Terrible, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm like it all the time, honestly. Yeah, get in, Connor, and uh, get in touch, and let's get these foul, horrible people that robbed all their machines and all, took all the stock and everything. Let's get them found and dealt with. File people. That's the um, the club we go to when we go to away days. We catch the bus from there. So always lay on a decent breakfast for us. Lovely guys. Came in uh, whoa, a few months ago, didn't you, Chris? Yeah. And they've yeah. got a box. I think they've done, they've done a few things with the with the players there, haven't they? I think. Oh yeah, some, super. Some yeah. Well, we were supposed to be doing one because we, we we started a charity up in in January uh, for PTSD, but obviously we've had to put that on on hold now. So, but we had a woman on here the other week, Auntie Linda. Well, she's Grandma Linda, really, and uh, oh. she had her head shaved by a nine year old child, a nine year old grandson. Okay. Shaved her all her hair off. Eight hundred quid she got just under. Oh, brilliant. I know, yeah. We had two signed shirts. We got, uh, 100, was it 160 for one and 110 for the other? I can't remember, Chris. Yes, yeah, something like that, yeah. And we've just got so much other, other things planned as well, but we've had to put it all on hold. So we'll crack on with it once uh, once all this is over. We'll, we'll bring it back again. And we were, we're supposed to be finishing it on VE Day because they were shutting all the town off and having a big parade and one thing or another. So, yeah. Right, never mind, never mind. These things are sent to try us out, aren't they? Yeah, you've got to try and stay yeah. positive, draw it all into. soon. You can't let it beat you, though, can you? You've got to, you've got to crack it, haven't you? you? You know, like we've started this, and uh, it was specifically for uh, Sharon's son, who was killed 10 years ago in Afghanistan. Oh, wow. And what, what, what she's in touch with a lot of, lot of soldiers now. Um, most of them have come out of the, the army since. And uh, you know what? When she talks to them, you can hear it in the voice, man. You can hear them cracking up, and they won't go outside. Some of them, some of them sleep under the beds and do all sorts of stuff. You know, it's crazy, man. So, but we've uh, Linda's our um, money's already gone to, straight to the charity, so that's already been done. So thank you so much for that, and we'll uh, we'll carry on as soon as this malarkey is all over. Right? Okay. How are gone, Brian? Did we warn you about that? Yeah, it does go quick, doesn't it? <laughs> Flies, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just, just quickly before we go, Brian, is there any good pranks you can tell us about? Any, anything that you can tell us? Probably not. Pranks about <laughs> some. Of the... <laughs> well, would that pranks, get <laughs> about some of the team? No, I have yeah. to. I have to keep them under wraps. I think there's a few that I could tell you though. <laughs> oh, I'll leave that. There's a few. Yeah, go on. You can take. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, terrible. Tell you, I'll tell you one thing that I remember from the time at Birmingham was uh, when I first got to the club, um, training, you know, being this cocky, cocksure scouser coming into probably like really experienced group on the training grounds and having a little bit of a wrong boat circle. And um, Kevin Francis was there, you know, six foot seven. First time I'd ever seen someone that size before in my life. And um, <laughs> I put, being the player I was, I put the ball through his legs and called Megs. And he came back at me when the ball comes. So I put it back through his legs and said Megs. And then he came at me the next time, and I don't remember much. He absolutely cleaned me out. He just—he <laughs> absolutely just scissor kicked me into. I went about six foot in the air, landed on the back. <laughs> and, and, he, and he said to me while on the floor, "That's the last time you'll do that." <laughs> <laughs> 
Brilliant. Yeah, what a great, what a great, what a great guy. He'd still got it at that age as well, hadn't he? You could still play. Yeah. Just these legs just come from nowhere and just absolutely <laughs> clean me out. But, yeah, that was def- definitely one of the memories. I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. Well, what we got talking to you, Brian. All the memories. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks, thanks for your time. That flying header, you know, the one that nearly was. Yeah, I know. Ones that were. Yeah, we, haven't, we haven't even talked about. We haven't even talked about the fifth penalty that I was on, and Darren taking the uh, taking the fourth. Oh yeah, you were down for. Um, yeah, you were up next, weren't you? After Darren, I was down for four before the game. I was on the fourth one before the game. I was you okay? Okay. Yeah, because Bruce had a fallen out with Brucey before the match, actually the day before. Because he said he wanted Tommy Mooney on the, the fifth penalty, he's penalty taker. And I said, Oh, no, I, I've been taking the, I take the fifth penalty. And he said, No, I want Tommy to take it. So I was fuming anyway going into the game. And I was on number four. So when Tommy got substituted and the penalties come, I changed to number five and give Darren his moment in the glory. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice, nice man. Um, that yeah. was our glory as well back then. Yeah, definitely worth it. You know, local boy, he deserved that. Well, we've had a birthday in the room tonight. It's Ellen's birthday. Uh, that's Chris's wife. So we all wish her a very happy birthday. Happy birthday to Ellen. We have got to go now. This has been the Tilton Talk Show with, of course, Brian Hughes, the legend that is. Uh, come back and see us when we all oh, this is over, Brian, and have a proper chat at some point. Um, you're always welcome. Always welcome. The door's always open unless, unless it's shut. We are the lads from the... T- this has been the Tilton Talk Show. Monday night next... Monday night, uh, Martin Granger. Next Monday night, 7.30 till 8.30. Be here. And uh, we'll perhaps try and wheedle some stories about Brian out next week. <laughs> 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 Brian, and I really appreciate you giving me time, especially in these hard times, my friend. Thank you so, so very oh, much. Thanks. It's been a pleasure, what, guys. What, what a man. What a thanks, star. Brian. What an absolute blessing to be a Birmingham City supporter and come and watch you play, mate. I mean that from the bottom yeah, of my heart. Thanks for the memories, Thank mate. You. Thanks for the memories and moments. Yeah, Too right. Thanks. Too right. Thanks. I appreciate that. Stay safe, buddy. Yeah. We'll see you back here next week. Take care. Good night. God bless and keep right on. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.